Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. All right, everybody, welcome back to the show. I am excited for today's conversation because this is a topic that I have been personally kind of delving into on my own, aka by watching YouTube videos. So, you know, um, haven't done a whole ton of research, which is why I wanted to have uh, the guest on today that I'm going to introduce you guys to because um, I want to know more about hypnosis. And so welcome to the show, Erica Flint. You are a board-certified um, hypnosis practitioner and also instructor and teacher and best-selling author. Uh, welcome to the Sarah Stratella Show. Hey, thank you, Sarah. It's so great to be here today and share with your listeners all about hypnosis. I'm so excited because, um, you know, I, I started meditating maybe five or six years ago. Um, gosh, I wish I had known about it from my teenage years on, but, um, you know, the more kind of self-aware I became and and the more I delved into the journey I'm on now of self-discovery and living my best life and all of those types of things, um, of course, I came across the guided meditations, which led me to uh, guided hypnosis sessions. Um, and I was like, this is really great because you can, on both of those, you can really like target them towards whatever it is that you're working on. Um, so I've been doing those for, I don't know, a couple of years now. And I don't know much about hypnosis. Um, I don't know much about like how it works or any of those things, but I definitely believe in um, our subconscious having a huge role in our outcomes. And if there's anything that I can do to try and line that up, I'm always all for it. So that's why I'm really, really stoked about our conversation today. So I can better educate myself, know more, um, and do it even better. Tell us a little bit about um, what you do. Well, what I do is I help people uncover um, what's really bothering them. So as you're probably aware, Sarah, you were, um, and even in your own struggles, like you were aware of certain of the things that were bothering you. Right. Um, right. So I think, you know, hypnosis is super powerful. And one of my favorite phrases is hypnosis works even when everything else has failed. And the reason that it works even if everything else has failed is because hypnosis taps into, and this is exactly what you said, taps into our subconscious mind. Now, our subconscious mind um, controls about 95% of everything that we do. We don't realize that our subconscious mind is controlling so much of our behavior, but it actually is. And the reason is because our conscious mind, and our conscious mind is what we're using to have this conversation right now. It's, it's what you are using to pay attention to what's going on in your life. But your conscious mind can only hold about seven bits of information. And so it's very limited. And so most of our behavior is being driven from our subconscious. And when we can tap into the subconscious mind, now we're getting rich data that we can understand, oh, that's why I was upset about that. Oh, that's why this is happening. That's why I'm feeling this way. So we get all of the information um, that tells us why we are behaving this way. Then we can make changes from that place. And it feels easy, it's fast, and it's insightful. I love everything about that, <laughs> especially 
accuracy and fast. Those are two words I completely, completely love. And, you know, I know in the work that I do, because I do a lot of manifesting, um, you know, teaching, teaching people how to manifest. And so much of that comes from our belief system. And the crazy thing is, is that a lot of times those beliefs are ones we're not even aware of, you know, like on a conscious level, we're like, no, I believe I deserve everything. Of course I do. But then the layer underneath that is completely contradictory. Um, and that's something that just kind of fascinates me on, on one hand because I've been on both sides of it. I've been on the really frustrating end of it going, wait a second, I'm doing everything consciously that I'm supposed to be doing. You know, I'm saying my mottos and mantras. I'm moving forward. Why is there something in me that is contradicting that work and what is it and how do I literally, like, eradicate it, you know? And, and for me, that's kind of where um, listening to some of the, the guided uh, hypno sessions have, have helped because I'm like, okay, you're getting to that layer that I just don't even know how to fix, you know what I mean? So where does that or does that come into play? Am I using it correctly? I don't even know. Yeah, you absolutely are. What you're, what I think you're referencing is really, so you're, you're manifesting something and it's a goal of yours. It's something that you want. There's something about it that is desirable to you. And as soon as you do that, resistance shows up. And the resistance shows up as fear. It shows up as procrastination. It often shows up as overwhelm. Uh, we get in arguments with people once we really start thinking about these things. Um, and that resistance can be key. So this is, this is what I think is super important for people to understand as they're trying to manifest. Whatever resistance is showing up in your ability to complete that process, that is a gift. That is your path. It's like um, when you – a lot of people, what they'll do is they get a little bit of resistance or a little bit of fear, and they're like, oh, I guess um, I need to do more affirmations or I need to do some other conscious level work. But the reality is it's the feeling space that needs to be adjusted. And so the subconscious mind, I consider to really be our heart. So our feelings, our emotions, and how we feel about certain things. So if you're trying to manifest and then you get a little resistance, meaning you're a little afraid of it, that's your next step. Don't be afraid. Don't, don't shy away yeah. from that. Just be right. thankful. Okay, thank you for the resistance. Thank you for showing me what I have to fix in order to get there. I could not agree more because I always tell people, like, whenever you're – um, finding that that space that you've just nailed the thing that's the hardest, <laughs> you know, because for such a long time, let's take abundance, for example. So there's two issues that I talk a lot about that have been personal struggles for me. One um, was abundance and one was my weight. So I've struggled with my, my weight since I was 12 years old or whatever. And then I grew up extremely um, poor. And so I had like a lack mindset, but I've done a lot of conscious work on both of those. Um, and I'll, I'll use the, the weight one, for example. So I had gone through my whole life. I've tried everything under the sun. I've had so many trainers. I've done all that stuff. I've actually been very active my whole life. I work out five, six days a week. Um, and nothing kind of ever changed. I feel better or whatever, but the weight wasn't coming off. And it was last year that I realized like, oh my God, the layer underneath it, the subconscious layer, regardless of all the physical things I was doing, all the conscious things I was doing, the subconscious belief was I had always told myself, it doesn't matter what I do, I won't lose weight. And it was crazy oh. that it took me that long to hear, to hear that. <laughs> I was like, the day I, the day I connected, I was like, 
bitch, what are you doing? <laughs> How did and you figure that like, out, Sarah? Oh, my God. I honestly don't. It was just like, it was, I can't even tell you what a, like, profound thing it was. And, you know, when things kind of run on a subconscious level, you're like, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. But it was, like, literally a day where it was just, like, boom, the two connected. I was like, holy shit. Because that was literally true. I would literally tell my trainers, okay, you can do whatever you want with me. I'll do it. I'll be all in. But I promise you nothing's going to change. And nothing would ever change. And they would just look at me like, I think you might be a scientific experiment. (laughs) Like, this is crazy. I've never seen that happen before. And I was like, yeah, that's just how it is. So last year I was like, what if I just change that? That was it. Like, what if I don't change my diet? I don't change it. You know, I don't work out more. I, I just work on that. And so that's, I, I really started doing some of that subconscious work on that. Um, and it has been crazy, just crazy. So do you see that? Um, oh, my gosh. You yeah. do, and I know you do a lot of weight work. So let's go there. Yeah, absolutely. We could talk about this all day long. You know, my personal experience, I've gained and lost weight over my life, too. Uh, My first book, uh, which I published in 2016, is called Reprogram Your Weight, and it's all about exactly what you're talking about there, Sarah. And the thing is, is that people get so frustrated because consciously they think they're doing everything. They're, they are following a plan. They're going to the gym. They're, they're, they're doing everything. But if they're not watching their emotions, that is really the key. So, you know, my first book is 100% about what you just talked about there. We get frustrated because we think, and by thinking what I mean is conscious mind, we think yeah. we're doing everything right, uh, but we're not because we're not paying attention to the emotional underpinnings of why we eat, when we eat. And that thought, I mean, you were giving yourself, what you were giving yourself was uh, technically called a negative suggestion. You were basically right. saying, right, I'm never going to be able to do this. And you accepted that suggestion. So you hypnotized and it was yourself to think it's accurate. Yeah, it was crazy, and it really didn't matter. I tried keto. Everyone I knew tried keto, lost 50 pounds. I did a keto exactly, but lose like three, you know? But it was crazy because I think I'd proven it to myself for such a long time that to me it was just, you know, I I didn't even recognize it necessarily as a belief. It was just almost like a scientific fact. Like I had always just flummoxed everybody. They're like, I don't know what to tell you, man. I see you doing it all. I (laughs) Shit, I, I wash my hands of you, you know? But when I realized, like, what if I just changed that? What if I just started saying the weight falls off? I can't believe it was that easy. So that became my motto, my mantra. I was like, the weight just falls off, man. I can't believe it was that easy. And I started this thing called a self-pride challenge. And I was like, what if I just do that and start walking? And it's crazy. It just changed kind of everything about how I feel and believe about myself. Yeah, it was such a small thing that it was almost embarrassing. <laughs> like, yeah, because it's so easy, right? I've got yeah, so I was like, like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so they're upset you... that it could have been so easy, right? They're like, Geez, if I right. it would have been this easy, I would have done it so long ago, right? And you know, considering part of what I teach is is what are you know that we manifest our words and we manifest our thoughts. I was just like, oh my god, it's crazy. But that is one of those things. Like sometimes that subconscious thing because it it wasn't conscious for me for a long time until I you know I think probably the day that it it triggered for me I heard myself actually say it to someone and I was like oh wait back that up. <laughs> let's go let's roll that back so I know that um that weight loss through hypnosis is one of your areas of specialties like you said you you wrote the book on it can you tell us um a little bit about how that works 
first of all, and then maybe share some some tips with the listeners um, on that because I know I am not the only one, right, listeners? I know I'm not the only one who is persistent little, uh, you know, thing that yeah. we want to conquer. Well, and I have to say, Sarah, I mean, I love helping people lose weight, uh, partially because it's my story, but, but most people realize that when to lose weight, it's not, uh, it's not all about the weight. I mean, when you lose the weight, you feel good, you feel alive, you feel free, you feel connected. It's like, it's like everything, you know, you're carrying around your human suit and you don't want it to be as heavy as it is so that you can live your life. And, you know, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of people lose weight with hypnosis. As a matter of fact, my first two books are on it. We program your weight and lighter is the second book. Um, and what I found is a little about what we were talking about before, but it has to do with emotional eating. And most people that I work with are just eating too much food. And even in, in people like your case, there are a lot of clients who believe that they're eating healthy food, but they eat too much. They're not really watching mm-hmm. the right. emotional piece of it. So one of the number one underlying messages in reprogram your weight, it does seem really simple but hard to pull off consistently is only eat when you're actually hungry. And helping people figure out, am I actually hungry? Am I biologically hungry? Or is my brain wanting me to take a break? And I have something, Sarah, that's called the broccoli test that might be useful in this case because it's a binary test for you to understand if you're actually hungry or not. Are you interested? Do you think that would be useful? Oh, yeah. Bring okay. <laughs> so here it is. Here's what the broccoli test is all about. So the idea is what would you eat only when you're hungry? Now, for me, it's broccoli. I love broccoli, but I'm usually not going to stress snack broccoli, right? I mean, like if I'm going to stress eat or if I'm bored, stress or bored eating are the two primary um, indicator, the two primary reasons that people emotionally eat, they're stressed or they're bored. Right. Um, so in, given that, what do you think the food would be for you, Sarah? What would you eat only when you're hungry? Oh, those are two totally different things. Because if I'm bored, it's Triscuits or some sort of salty, salty snack, the worst thing you can eat, right? <laughs> so right. That's, that's the thing I'm going to eat if I'm bored. Um, if I'm hungry, Honestly, another terrible thing. I'm, I'm Italian. I love to cook. Everyone who follows me knows this. It's got to be pasta. <laughs> yep. So there, so you would go. You, there you go. Would you eat pasta <laughs> if you weren't hungry? How, honestly, probably not because it, it is such a, to me, it's a meal thing. Okay. You know, it's very, it's very associated with this, like eating for a reason, I guess, which would be a meal, okay. dinner, hungry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Is, that's great. I hadn't really thought about it. That yeah, way. that's really the test. And so what I have my clients do is I had them put, put up on their refrigerator a, a magnet or a sticker or something that says, would you eat broccoli? Or in your case, would you eat pasta? And the idea is that clients will come in, um, you know, they're at work and they're stressed and, you know, their kids are running around and they're trying to run a Zoom meeting or whatever it is, and they find themselves in the kitchen, Right. And they're looking at the food in the kitchen wondering, you know, what should I eat? And the reality is if you can catch them right at that time and they're thinking, you know, putting the sticker up on the refrigerator, uh, would you eat broccoli or would you eat pasta? It gives them a moment of control back where they're saying, am I actually hungry? Am I actually hungry or do I need a break? And that's really the key because most of the time we're not actually hungry. 
But what happens is people will just say, oh, I guess I'm not hungry. I better go back to work because I have all this work to do. And so they go back to work and they don't honor the request from their subconscious because the request is not to eat. The request is take a break. Yeah, yeah. And reset, reset. It's that reset. So when we honor that and we're paying attention to what our brain really wants, like we're getting a signal like, oh, I'm hungry. Well, that's just an old bad habit, really. The actual signal is take a break from what you're doing. So if you mm-hmm. go then, you know, you're standing at the refrigerator, you see the sign, would I eat broccoli? You're like, no, I'm not hungry. I'm going to go on a walk. I'm going to read my yeah, I'm going to do some even meditation. Like walk up and down the stairs in your house or something or walk around exactly. your house or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Give your brain like that opportunity to reset. I love that. And it gives you that control back, right? You and then, right. Minute and even. This will cut out you know, some percentage of what people are eating. I've even seen for my clients who, you know, self-identify as, yeah, I'm very much an emotional eater, they'll eat less than half of the food they used to eat. And, yeah, so when that happens and clients come back to me after a week, they're like, I didn't realize I was actually eating so much and I wasn't hungry. So I played with my cat. I watched a funny baby donkey video. I called my friend and I wasn't hungry and I lost a couple pounds this week and it was easy because they didn't need that food anyway. Right. So where does hypnosis come into play in this part? So if you're working with a client, let's say, mm-hmm. in a situation which, like mine, which I know is unique, which I think is the part that was really frustrating about it, you know, because the kind of fixes that worked for other people were, you know, made me feel better, but kind of weren't working. And I think so much of mine was really belief system-based. Right. How does hypnosis um, – kind of go to that level and and help really program what we believe to be true about our body and what it's capable of. Because I think a lot of people, maybe women specifically, if weight is something you've struggled with your whole life, you really can't even imagine yourself any other way unless at one point in your life you lost it all, right? Which some people have, right. but a lot of people haven't, you know? And so I think that has got to be a big piece of it too. Like not even being able to kind of imagine what we would be like in any other way. Can hypnosis address some of that stuff, some of that kind of like deeper level stuff? That's exactly what hypnosis addresses because although the idea to only eat when you're actually hungry seems pretty straightforward, it's really hard to do in real life because we're always, we're being pulled in every direction to eat for other reasons. So, you know, first of all, with your story, Sarah, I, as a hypnotist, I'm listening for that type of what I call negative self-talk. And anytime that I hear a negative self-talk come out of your mouth, so if I were to hear you say, I can't lose weight, or and I don't remember exactly right. what you said, but that phrase, Yeah, no matter what I do, I don't lose weight. Yep. <laughs> I would have stopped right there. And I yeah. would have, we would have done hypnosis right on that belief right there because that's precisely what we have to do. We have to get rid of those beliefs. Now, the challenge with, with negative self-talk, of course, is that mostly it's in our own minds and people don't realize how destructive it is because they've never learned that you don't have to think all those negative thoughts and mm-hmm. they also don't understand that the brain is biologically programmed to focus on our negativity for survival. So it is a natural operation of the brain to focus on the negative. And when we realize this, we, as the operator of our own mind, using our conscious mind, conscious mind is super powerful, super important. 
using our conscious mind, we can interrupt that. And we can say, no, that's not true um, about me. And so we can stop that negative self-talk. And, you know, in my experience, uh, a lot of my clients with emotional eating, the negative self-talk is in their head, the rumination, the what ifs, the I'm not good enough, the does he love me, that's going on in their minds all the time. And when you can help somebody get rid of that negative self-talk and now they have peace of mind, oh, my gosh, they feel like they get their life back. They start painting, singing, dancing, and now their mind is filled with all the things they actually want to be thinking about and food can become an afterthought. And, again, they start losing weight pretty um, easily in their own estimation. And I think the the great part about it is not only are you changing the negative piece, but if you take it that one step further – and start laying the foundation for the positive piece, like for me to, to change that belief of, you know, no matter what I do, I don't lose weight, and to literally just flip it to the other and say, God, I can't believe it's so easy. It's, and now I'm doing like bar three and orange theory and whatever, um, you know, several times a week. And I, the whole time I'm in the class, I'm like, God, this is so easy. Is it? No, it's not. Okay, let's just be honest. It's not easy. It kicks my ass. I'm like sweating like a monster, whatever. But saying it throughout the class, you know, in my head gives me literally gives my body physical power. It's really, really crazy. So I think like doing that combination, you guys, if you've never tried hypnosis, um, Erica, do you have do you have some videos or anything like that up on uh, YouTube that are guided that people could go? Um, you know, I do. check out and kind of get a feel of this because I think it's so I do give, powerful. Yeah. Yeah, so the, my recordings online are, are um, mostly focused on relaxation. And the reason is because most of us as humans, at least most of the humans I've met, um, are really practicing anxiety every day. So most, most people out oh, there, yeah. are, they're just anxious, anxious, anxious. And so they're giving their brain the experience of anxiety. So they've been practicing anxiety. Their brains are hardwired for anxiety. My recordings focus on relaxation as the primary uh, precursor, right? And, and so I think this is important for all of your listeners that are getting recordings on YouTube, and I'm so happy, Sarah, that you've gotten relief. But I think there is a, a very important um, differentiator between those recordings and seeing a professional hypnotist, and the primary oh, difference sure. is for that, sure, yeah. yeah, I would get to talk with you personally and understand your personal struggles and then really customize a program just for you. So anybody who's getting results with hypnosis on YouTube or online, you could probably expect maybe five or ten. A hundred times more, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Exactly. When it's really exactly. about you and what it is that yep. you're working on. So let's talk about some of the other ways that hypnosis uh, can really help you. I know that um, you work with entrepreneurs and, yep. you know, high performance, peak performance um, individuals. What are What are some other um things that or or I guess like areas of life if our listeners aren't like me and <laughs> trying to work right. out so what many of you are not. Um <laughs> what what other reasons would someone want to um be under hypnosis? Yeah. So I mean with the entrepreneurial thing that a lot of that has to do with um money blocks and fear about their business. So, you know, small business owners wanting to um, create their own products or create their own. That's scary for a lot of people to do, as you probably know, and your, your whole thing. Oh, my God, putting yes. Yourself, yes. Right? So that's super scary for people. So, you know, I've heard that um, 
being an entrepreneur is like the absolute best self-development tool you can Good put God. your <laughs> right so, it is, you know it is definitely a journey all on its own it is yes yeah, so there's that. There's all sorts of fear, and am I good enough? Um, but we help a lot of people with stress and anxiety. So lots of stress and anxiety and sleeping better. Hypnosis can be used for chronic pain management if you have a referral from your, from your doctor. Uh, a lot of uh, clients, unfortunately, um, you know, they get themselves in a situation, and a lot of it is kind of like what you're saying, Sarah. They might have a limiting belief that's like, oh, man, my leg's never going to feel better, or oh, man, my back's never going to feel better, or oh, that injury ruined my life you know, that type of a thing. And we can help people with that. We can help them, um, you know, reduce the sensation of pain in their body. Um, we also work with kids. Uh, we work with a lot of kids. It's super stressful for kids these days, mm, um, yeah. in, you know, schools and that type of a thing. So, um, you know, there's a lot of um, habitual things that we help with, not just, um, not just eating healthier or losing weight, but also stopping right. smoking and stopping drinking and those type of behavioral things. But, but really, hypnosis is useful under the following circumstances. If you want to be able to do something and you're presently not able to do it, that means hypnosis can help you because the reason is there's something in your subconscious that needs to be either removed, meaning a block, or really ignited, like like inspiration. And once you can ignite mm-hmm. that inspiration, the divinity in somebody else, oh, my gosh, there's no stopping them. Yeah. That's all you have to do. It's amazing. So one question that I have that might, um, might sound strange, I don't know if you get this or not, but uh, so I was raised very um, – almost cultishly religious, if you will, Mm -hmm. so really, really far out there. Um, And certainly anything having to do with this realm, even honestly what what I teach, which is the fact that we can control our thoughts, would have been considered like witchcraft. (laughs) Right. Um, Obviously, I don't have those beliefs anymore and haven't, but what I've found, you you know, I got out of that when I was about 16, and so the thing that was kind of crazy for me in my late 30s and 40s was like, how do I still have some of those kind of buried beliefs like that was crazy to me because it was so not part of my conscious reality since I was like 16 years old um and when I first so hypnosis was kind of almost like in my mind oddly like crossing the line where I was a little scared honestly Mm -hmm. um because I was like is it you know, is it frightening? What am I going to find down there? Is it going to be scary? Do you get, like, am I the only one that kind of initially has maybe apprehension of what might happen when you're under hypnosis? No, you're not the only one. And there's a couple different tracks here, but one, I'll just address them. First of all, some people think that hypnosis is mind control, and it's not. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. in the past, There have been some hypnotists and some, you know, people for entertainment purposes and movies that like to give people the impression right. that the hypnotist has control over somebody else. So that's the first thing. Um, and the second would be, like, I've helped other folks in your position who were raised in a particular way. And I don't know if this was your experience, but in theirs, it was, it was like, if you do hypnosis, that's like satanic or from the devil. Oh, yeah. My mom would have said that for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're, you're turning your mind over life. directly to the devil. Like it's a, a straight right. path. Yeah. Yeah. But this is what and I think. Of course, so like consciously I knew that, you know, and, mm-hmm. but it, it's so weird. Like 
especially if you're a young child and you're taught that stuff, even even if consciously you know that that's silly, um, how it can kind of come up. You're like, why am I afraid? And, and I think the first couple times I did, I was like, I didn't even know why. It just felt like, ooh, you know, this is strange. <laughs> and so kind of once I was able to, to recognize what that was, I could much more freely give in and be like, oh, okay, you know. But it, it, is, right. it is interesting. And I know that there's got to be other people that have a little bit of – that hesitation and I don't want them to because it's such a healing, such an amazing healing tool that really right. can sync everything else that you're doing consciously up so that it all lines up. Right, exactly. And what I love to tell my clients is look, hypnosis is a normal and natural state of mind. You go into states of hypnosis all the time. Anytime that time has been passing by and you didn't notice it, let's say you're watching a good movie, let's say you're playing with your grandkids, let's say you're just enjoying time with friends, that is a light state of hypnosis. You're in a state of trance there. And so I want people to understand that it's normal and natural. I want you to be able to do it on purpose because when you do it on purpose, now you're sourcing your best information. You make all of your best decisions and you can do it on purpose. That's so awesome. So I would love to know, little little uh, detour here for a second, um, I usually start out all conversations on the show with this, and I just got so excited, jumped right into the content. But I'd love to know a little bit about your personal backstory um, and how you got into hypnosis, how you, know, how you got to kind of where you are today and got to the place where you were writing books and you know, influencing people's lives and changing people's lives with this. Can you tell us a little bit about your backstory and, and how you got sure. here? Sure. Yeah. I mean, my back, I have a lot of, uh, I got here through a lot of suffering too, Sarah. It was really bad. I um, was in Silicon Valley and I was on a track for, you know, to achieve the American dream, I suppose, marriage a great job, um, home, all of those things. But I was so miserable. And I ended, up, um, I ended up drinking too much. So I have a whole story of me nearly killing myself with alcohol. I ended up in the uh, emergency room. And I remember it so clearly. It's so terrible. It was so embarrassing. Um, I'm 36, 37 years old. My parents are there. I'm wearing one of those stupid um, gowns that hardly covers any of your body. And my legs were swinging off the gurney. And, I mean, it's so crystal clear in my mind. I can still feel it and remember it. I had to decide you're either going to die with alcohol, you're going to kill yourself, Mm -hmm. or you need to choose to live. And so I hopped off the gurney. I decided to live. And in that moment when I decided, see, there's something very powerful about the word decide. It means to cut off. Yes, yes. And so this is a hypnotic um, technique that I didn't realize I was doing, but I basically cut that alcohol off as an even an option in my mind. And when I did that, I just felt such a surge and a rush of energy that helped me then um, do the seeking and the searching and helped me, uh, guided me basically to my first hypnosis training. And so that's my story is just really deep suffering. And then hypnosis is really what saved my life because it is what gave me the reason and understanding to continue. I had once, once I healed myself with hypnosis, I had to go tell everybody. And so I became a hypnotist and now I'm a trainer and just telling as many people as possible, no matter how low you feel, no matter what you've tried, hypnosis can still work. Uh, Wow. That's so powerful. And I think, you know, when my, my story also started with the rock bottom as most of my listeners know, and I think, Sadly, sometimes it takes that 
really hitting that wall where it's like, I have two choices. Either I fall apart and fall off this planet or I get up and I make something completely different <laughs> happen in my life. You That's know? And right. God, I made that decision as yeah. well. I was like, you know, in, in my darkest hour, I saw it as, as like a fork in the road. It was like, okay, you go this way, you're done. You go yep. this way, you have to create something new. I think that was the big thing for me. It was like, I couldn't recreate what, what I already had for me. It was because my, my husband had left um, yep. me with our three, chil- three children and, and whatever. So, but I knew I couldn't recreate that same life. I knew I had to create something completely different. It sounds like you created a completely different life for your, yourself as well. Um, completely different. Yeah, but it's really what I needed to be doing. And there was a time when I, when I thought, oh, my gosh, I wish I would have done hypnosis sooner. But then I realized all of my years in Silicon Valley and everything I learned as a computer programmer and, and modeling and, and being able to pattern match and all of the things I learned from that are so helpful for me now as a hypnotist. It had to be this way. Oh, absolutely. Can we talk a little bit about, because I know there's a lot of people out there, I work with, with women all the time who think it's too late for me to start a new life. It's too late for me to reinvent myself, to do that thing that I kind of always wanted to do. You know, maybe now I'm a wife and a mom or whatever the case is, or maybe I'm too far into my current career, I can't do anything else. It sounds like you have a dramatically different life than you had uh, back in Silicon Valley and you've created one that you really love. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, about that transition, about getting up and starting over and starting something new? Because I think there's so many listeners out there who want to do that and don't know how. Right. And I think one thing that's really important here that is coming up for me quite a bit right now and in my office is this idea of complacency. Because honestly, I had a great job. I mean, it was an awesome job working with some of the smartest people in the world. And any on paper, anybody would say it was awesome. And there's a part of me that was like, why don't I just look, Erica, you you've, you have so much more than most people in the world anyway. Why can't you just be happy with what you have? Right. right? Yep. Um, a lot of people have that but, voice. Right. But um, the reality is, is that that complacency, and this is where I'm going with this, because I see so many clients in my office who, you know, they're coming to me because they're unhappy. Well, the reason they're unhappy is because they wish they would have gotten a divorce 30 years ago, but they stayed with the husband for the kids or for whatever reason. They wish they would have gone to school and become the doctor, even though they um, had gone, you know, to Europe for five years and, and it would have been hard for them to go back to school at that time. So there's all of these folks that I'm working with that their biggest regret is not necessarily a trauma, but it's their own complacency of staying stuck in a situation where they're not entirely happy and I just I hate to see that I've seen so many tears and heartbreak in my office where they're like why didn't I do this 30 years ago why didn't I take that risk you know and it really doesn't take long to do so once I made that decision you know I kind of hit rock bottom and made that decision all of a sudden it's like the entire force of the universe is behind me like once I decided to do it everybody everything showed up to help me we're not doing this alone just you've got to follow mm-hmm. your heart and once you make that decision, yeah, then everybody shows up to help you. Absolutely. And I cannot underscore enough the word that you underline decision. And I'm talk I talk about it all the time because here's the thing, nothing happens, people. Nothing. Nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens until you make a decision. And so many people are waiting around for a sign, for things to line up, for everything to be whatever. 
and then they'll make the decision. And that is not how the process works, okay? You have to make the decision first, and then all the things that you feared and all the things you were waiting on, literally, as long as that decision, I, I truly believe this, as long as that decision is aligned with, with your gut, with your intuition, um, it does, it all lines up afterwards. Like, it's crazy. It's, it's almost like the universe is like, hey, I have it all stocked up. I've been moving everything around for you. I got it all in the queue. I'm just waiting for you to say, yes, let's go. And then, boom, here you go. But everyone is waiting for that cue to show up first and for all I know the they're like, give me a sign, up, right? And lead, you know, lead us into that. It does not work that way, people. You have to be in first. Once you're in first, then everything else will follow. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. But my God, it's not going to be near as hard as you're thinking it is. Because I think on the other side of that decision, everything seems hard, right? Everything seems impossible. Everything seems like there's no way I could, I could do this. I could line it up. But the reason why is because the decision isn't there. When the decision is there, then half the time it's just semantics. It's like yep. I could literally get a piece of paper out and bullet out my next steps most of the time, you know. And so um, if you guys, listeners, if you're in a situation where you know in your gut, in your heart of hearts that there is a different life for you or whatever, and you or you know that it's time to make some changes, I I cannot strongly enough suggest that you follow that and you step into that because here's the thing, and it sounds like it happened with you too, Erica. If you don't, the universe is probably going to have to line up a rock bottom moment for you to make that decision a no-brainer because that's exactly what happened to me. I had been ignoring kind of the signs, unwilling and unable to make a decision on my own. The universe put me in a position where it was a no-brainer decision. Um, yep. And, you know, no one wants to have to get there to save themselves or to create the life they want. Um, so if you're being called, let that pay attention. Like as Oprah says, you know, the universe will knock on the door, knock on the door, and then beat the door down if, you, if you're not paying attention. Um, so I'm guessing, Erica, in the work that you do, that you probably work with um, intuition. I, don't, I have no idea, actually, but I'm, I'm guessing. Um, what does what does intuition, I guess, mean to you? Because I'm, I'm a big believer in listening to our gut and our intuition, and I feel like many people don't even know what that is. A lot of times right. they have that confused with fear. I, I find that more than more than anything. They think that their gut is telling them something. For instance, oh, I shouldn't get on this plane. The plane will crash or whatever. They're confusing that with fear, you know, and right. they don't even know. They don't even know what what's what. So well, the interesting any of the thing, work that you do, yeah, how does that come mm-hmm. into play? And how do we how do we be more aware and how do we know? Well, um, first of all, I think our intuition is actually information. So whether you believe that our intuition is tapping into universal consciousness, akashic records, whatever source. Um, that's fine if, that, if that's your belief. I also know that we have enough neurons in our gut and we have enough neurons in our heart to, for it to be considered a brain. So we have to get away from this idea that our only brain is our head brain. We have a heart brain. We have a gut brain. And when we are feeling something or noticing something, there are different, these different parts of us are sending us different signals, right? So we really do need to listen to that information that's coming from our gut. 
So our gut is really associated to the body's unconscious mind, which is your body's consciousness. So a gut feeling that's kind of like the root piece of it. Now, if you have a gut feeling of not getting on a plane, just like you're saying, there's probably more to it that needs to be uncovered because it might not be that you don't want to get on the plane. It might be that you actually don't want to go to the wedding or you don't want to actually go to the plane. And it's presenting as fear. Because you don't want to go. Right. So your body's going to give you every, you know, here's what happens. You have a belief. Your brain will do everything to support that belief. So it looks for evidence in the real world to support a belief that you already have. So if you don't want to get on that plane because you really don't want to go to the wedding, your brain and all of its wisdom might give you a feeling of fear to give you a reason not to get on the plane. So now to you just you. have yeah. self, gotcha. yeah, it's yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. And so then if, if that goes unchecked, then you start triggering it to every plane and, you know, it can turn into anxiety and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. It, it, to me, it's just, it's, it's something that is really prevalent, I feel. And maybe it's the older that I get, people are more open in talking about it, or maybe just in general society is a little bit more open in talking about it. But it's something that um, is so real. Anxiety and um, there's, you know, social anxiety, things like that is, is very prevalent. I think, um, like you said, kids are, are suffering from it. A lot of women that I know are dealing with it in lots of different areas. Um, what is a few tips that you have on how to get that piece back? Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. um, doing hypnosis is, a, is an amazing one. Um, what are some ways that women can, can get control of that that isn't maybe medication? Right. So, I mean, hypnosis is really good because it will go after the underlying root issues that are kind of driving it that you might not be consciously aware of. But another thing that's really important to do that I teach all my clients is the ability to control your nervous system. And this is one of, like, if I could only teach one thing in the world, it would be how to control your nervous system. Because if you get upset or you're, or you're fearful, right, we flip into, we flip into the sympathetic response, which is, freeze, fight, or flight. And so when that happens, blood rushes from our brain to our large muscles. Now, this is biological. This is because of, you know, how the brain and the body has developed um, over thousands and thousands of years. So don't feel bad if you start to get anxious about something. But here's the truth. You can control it. And the way that we can control our anxiety is you have to notice it at the very beginning. So the question to your listeners, Sarah, is how do you know when you are anxious? So that's the first thing. So Sarah, do you want to tell me? Mm, And then the listeners kind of play along. So how do you know when you're anxious, Sarah? The very first sign. Um, I would say two things. One, my throat will kind of tighten. Yeah. That, especially if that is, based on any type of relationship. So if there's any type of angst going on, people-related, I would guess, then mm-hmm. that's one place. It's like kind of my um, upper chest, throat. Gets okay, so just really right. tight. Yeah. Um, another one, if I'm anxious, because I used to be very scared of flying until I did this work to overcome it. Um, obviously, heart racing, you know, that yep. almost like kind of butterflies, but not the good ones <laughs> in my yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my physical body will definitely be the thing that tells me. Right. So that's what we want to notice. So I teach my clients, how do you know when you're anxious? I teach them the very first 
the very first moment is when we want to catch it. So we want to catch anxiety when it has really low momentum. And so, for example, if you were to push a car at me on a flat road, you know, the, the strength you can push that car with, I'd be able to stop it with, with my body. Now, if we were in San Francisco yeah. and you're standing at the top of a hill and you push that car at me, I better jump out of the way because it's going to run me over, right? Right. So we really want to... We want to catch that anxiety when it's really low. And so this has to do with paying attention, first of all, knowing when you're anxious and paying attention. So the moment you feel anxious, then I'm going to teach you an anti-anxiety technique. Now, there's a bunch of different anti-anxiety techniques, but most of them are physiological. And what that means is you're just doing something with your body. And so you're basically using your body to tell your body to calm back down. It's kind of like, no, 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 not now. No, thanks. We don't need to be anxious now. There's really no bear chasing us. I don't need that level of anxiety. I'm just trying to give a talk, right? Um, so we use an anti-anxiety technique. And um, along with that, so we do the hypnosis. We get the underlying root cause. We use an anti-anxiety technique with helping them become aware of when they're anxious and undoing it. And then the third component is a daily practice of some type of mindful um, practice, which is either hypnosis um, of course, for me, it's hypnosis, but for your listeners, it could be meditation. And that's giving them the practice of relaxation as opposed to the daily practice for most of my right. clients of anxiety. So those yeah. three things combined are super powerful. Really reprogramming. So yep. an- another question I have is when you're working um, with a client one-on-one in hypnosis is is it guided? Is it silent? Um, you know, it's what is the experience like? Oh, okay. So yeah, I, so the, all right. I'm, I'm going to work with you one-on-one now because I have never had a one-on-one. I'm so interested. Yeah, the, the interactive is so important because then I get to be right there with you and I get to help you understand your internal landscape and I get to help guide you through that process. So it's very interactive. So, you know, normally what we will do, the, the process is um, I offer complimentary consultations for people to understand, is hypnosis right for me, and how does it work, all those types of things. And then on average, I see clients for five or six sessions, depends on what they're coming in for. They're 90 minutes. We do them over Zoom now, of course. We've been doing them over the Internet for for many, many Mm -hmm. years. It's highly effective. Um, And um, people start feeling better after the very first session. But the reason it really works is because it's interactive, because as as great as recordings can be, you're still not reflecting. generic. Yeah. Yeah, with somebody else. And it's generic. Yeah. Right. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. Um, I'm such a believer in lining up all those pieces of us, the inside pieces, the subconscious pieces, because a lot of the work that, that I do and teach is, on the conscious level, the pieces we do control, but I absolutely right. know that there's, if we can match that up with the pieces we don't, which is outside my area of expertise, this is why mm-hmm. I uh, have wonderful, amazing people like you on helping us because, um, I mean, it just, it's so life-changing. I think when once you feel in that sweet spot of like, Oh, I'm working for myself instead of against myself. I think that was one of my biggest frustrations is oh. knowing that I was putting so much work in truly, like truly like hustling my ass off on all the conscious pieces and then discovering my subconscious was literally going the opposite direction. Yep. And I was like, and no wonder why this feels like struggle and not flow yeah. because I was sending completely, you know, I was fighting myself. 
And you so were. Just basically treading yeah. water. And it's so frustrating for people because they're like, they have this inner conflict. And it's like, my conscious mind wants to do this, but they aren't aware that the subconscious mind is blocking yeah. it. So it's just infuriating. And then people feel, what? This is, a, this is the real problem. What's wrong with me? How come right. everybody else can do it? There's something wrong right. with me. And then that, of course, plays into their beliefs anyway, that they're not good enough and they were probably bullied or some type right. of abandonment or some like, other type. No, of, you can change yep. it. You can change yep. it. You can get in there. And once you know, and so, so listeners, if you've been practicing a lot of what, what I teach, but you're still finding that there's blocks and you're not sure what those blocks are, and I've been there, and they, that is a frustrating place to be, I would definitely suggest you know, giving this a try and helping you discover kind of what that is and let's eradicate it so that we can get in that gorgeous flow and really start getting the results that we want. Because I think, you know, the true, true results come when those two things are matched up, the conscious and the subconscious. I really believe that Um, because I've been in both places and it's a lot more fun (laughs) (laughs) when they are in alignment than it is when they're not. Um, Oh, my gosh, Erica, that's been so fun. Thank you so much. Where can everybody find you? Um, How can they, you know, get your books and book a session, all that kind of good stuff? Yeah, so they can find me at CascadeHypnosisCenter.com. I have a free recording there for them called Learning to Relax. If anybody wants any copies of my books, I'm happy to send you the free electronic version. Of course, you can find them on Amazon and everything um, as well. Reprogram Your Weight, Lighter, those are both about weight loss and hypnosis. My third book is Can You Be a Hypnotist? So any of you out there who, hey, I want to help people in the same way. Right? I want to do that work. That's my third book. So I'm happy to send electronic versions out to anybody who's interested in those. And it's just been so fun here. And Sarah, congratulations on all your success and paying attention to what you're doing and all the good work you're doing in the world. So thank you. Wow. Thank you so much. And is there, do you have an Instagram um, that people can go follow? Yeah, it's under Cascade Hypnosis Center. Oh, perfect. I love that. Guys, go do that. Go get the ebooks. Um, start removing those blocks or getting in the flow. I know I am all up in that. Um, And if you found value in today's podcast, please share the love, move it forward. Uh, Let us know by, you know, commenting on the post in my Instagram, sharing this podcast, leaving a review, and spreading the love. We love to hear back from you. Thank you so much, Erica. And until next time, everybody, hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.